Hi, my claustrophobia acts up in small houses, and I'm Allison. <laughs> and I am your friend's mother who's blackmailing you into dating her daughter, Evan. <laughs> and we are Cheryl's bitches. <laughs> that was a good one. This that was, was a pretty good, good episode. This episode was so good. Um, I think I screamed at like four different quotes as we were watching. So <laughs> there are some classics and some instant classics, some underrated gems here too. There were quite a few that I did not remember. And I was like, oh my God, that's beautiful. And of course there were a few that I was like, yes, iconic. So we are here to discuss uh, chapter nine, La Grande Illusion, or the Grand Illusion. It's the name is a French war film from the 1930s. In case you didn't understand this reference, like me, and had to Google it, I was like, "You proud of you for doing your research?" I just went, "Oh, it's French for like the Grand Illusion, and they're trying to do something there." <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know what that was. There, there is, I would say, a Grand Illusion in the mm-hmm. episode, so at least it's applicable. No, it's like I thought they were just trying to be like spicy with their title instead of just saying, you know, whatever. Um, yeah, they were definitely trying to be. This, we're back to Jughead doing voiceovers for the intros. So I think we like stopped that at some point, but we're back up. And it's about, or maybe not all the episodes ended with Jughead. Uh, yeah, it was the last episode, I think, was the first one to end without a Jughead narration. And so we pick it up again at the start of this one, which is, you know, I would say exciting, except every time it starts, I roll my eyes. So it's not really exciting. <laughs> yeah, he's talking about like the maple, the blossoms maple industry and how it like permeates every aspect of their daily life. And they show like that maple, that the blossom maple syrup is like at Pops and like Alice is cooking with it. And it's like, okay, maple syrup is not that intrinsic to like people's lives. I don't know. No, that's but, literally what I was wondering. It's like all of the main characters using um, the blossom maple syrup, which like, okay, like, yeah. But it's, I get like it being kind of a staple in this town's like recipe book or whatever. But why is Veronica using it? <laughs> she didn't grow up here. <laughs> She's trying to be like a local. And then I also wondered why the Coopers, uh, like they have grocery stores. They have more than one choice in maple syrup. So why are they supporting this family that they have like a blood feud with? I have questions. That's actually a very fair point. I feel like Al <laughs> would be like, do not bring home blossom syrup into this household. But he's not there anymore. So maybe that's why. <laughs> yeah, no, he'd 100% be like, it's Mrs. Butterworth's or no one. so the whole crux of the episode is Jughead mentions it in the voiceover that the Blossom family needs a new heir to take over their famous maple empire now that Jason is dead and it is at least at this point decidedly not Cheryl because she is not well liked by the board of trustees of the maple fortune which is i guess just their family but they just hate cheryl everyone hates cheryl um in the blossom family which i think is kind of just a thread throughout the show um and so then 
Uh, we get like an opening after the opening monologue where Betty is talking to Jughead about how Polly is ignoring all of her texts and calls. And then Alice busts into the room and is like, um, I'm going to write an expose on the Blossoms in retaliation for this. Um, and she quotes says, the Blossoms have always been a thorn in our side ever since, according to your milk toast father, great grandpappy Blossom killed great grandpappy Cooper, which was just delivered so perfectly. It was beautiful. That was a good line. Once again, Jughead is over like for breakfast at the Cooper household, which I feel like is just weird. We commented on it when it happened before, but it's like, how often are you trying to hang out before school with anyone? No, and they're also like, okay, so it's full daylight, which it's supposed to be winter. So why is it full daylight before they're going to school? We don't know. Um, but also like Jughead is just chilling in Betty's room and while Alice is cooking breakfast, which I feel like Alice would not allow to happen, but whatever yeah so after that we get to see veronica and hermione together they're talking about how uh like hiram's trial is coming up and that they're going to have to testify on behalf of him and basically try to get him out of serving jail time um which makes sense um but there's there's so much going on with this plot line because hermione tells veronica that hiram knows that she's having an affair with Fred. <laughs> and that's why he said the thugs last episode. And then Veronica tells Hermione that she needs to tell Fred about the land deal and that they're actually the owners of the land because Fred still doesn't know that. So there's so many layers of people don't know different things, but it's all revealed this episode, so it's fine after this. <laughs> it is kind of a web, but it gets untangled real quick. Um. Yeah, Veronica tells Hermione she needs to tell Fred um, and is like, that would be a good idea. Uh, then we get Cheryl walking into the music room as Archie is practicing with blind Archie. Is music the food of love? Play on, play on. Which like, okay, since when is this a thing? The, she, she does explain. So basically she asks Archie officially, the question is, will he be her date to the tree tapping ceremony, which is why all the Blossom relatives are in town? Um, Archie's like, no, I have a girlfriend. Like, I'm not going to be your date to this thing. Um, but she's like, no, I really want you, Archie, because Archie defended Cheryl, Cheryl to Sheriff Keller. What is this even referring to? Am I dumb? Okay, no, no, no. Do you remember an episode like two? <laughs> <laughs> when Cheryl gets arrested and then I think it's episode three or something where um I don't even remember oh because he heard the gunshot he heard the gunshot to corroborate so he her like, story yeah because um she was like oh I heard a gunshot whatever or something I don't know that is and not can I just say that is not Archie defending Cheryl that's just like Archie <laughs> finally telling the police what he knows like it wasn't in defense of Cheryl's character it was just like him telling the story but whatever for some reason Cheryl has decided that she wants to date Archie now which I must say <laughs> in episodes whenever that happened three through eight there has been no inclinations I, that Cheryl likes him have they even interacted because I don't think they have, at least not meaningfully. <laughs> does, does she call him Carrot Top at some point? Someone calls someone Carrot Top. Like, I feel like she does. She definitely makes fun of his 
like red hair at one point in a demeaning way, which is ironic, but funny. <laughs> redhead on redhead crime. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, anyway. that's, that's that point. Archie <laughs> isn't sure about taking her, but Cheryl's like appealing to his sympathy at this point. He's like, maybe. And she reads. And then um, we cut to a scene where Ethel is reading the most concerning poem I have ever heard to a class. Like just in class, the teacher apparently sat there and was just like, yep, sounds normal. <laughs> She's like, I feel nothing, and all I want is to be comforted by my father. <laughs> She's like daddy's arms around the little girl. She needs her. I'm like, if I was the teacher, I would be calling the guidance counselor to this classroom immediately, and Ethel is on suicide watch. Like, it is insane. <laughs> no, I would be placing calls to so many people if I was a teacher. I'd be like, school counselor, school psychologist, principal, family, <laughs> mental institution of the town. All need to know now. Because Riverdale is like a joke and not a real school, Veronica <laughs> is seemingly the only person that is concerned. And so seemingly like right after class at the student lounge, she goes to Ethel and is like, I really liked your poem, but are you okay? <laughs> Which, oh. Subtle, Veronica. I will give Veronica points for just being like, hey, I related to your poem, but like it sounded like you were going through something. Um, instead of just being like, girly, you good? Because I feel like that's how most Riverdale characters would handle it. Characters would be like, wow, what's up with this poem? Like, <laughs> what is Ethel going to do? Kill herself or something? <laughs> they wouldn't, that's true. They wouldn't go to Ethel. They'd just be like, hmm, seems like Ethel might be suicidal. Well, <laughs> none of my business. Maybe we'll I'm too busy planning paper. for the tree tapping ceremony. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, Veronica steps in and Ethel tells her some of the situation or what she knows about the situation is that she's having trouble at home and Ethel doesn't really know why her parents are fighting all the time but they are and Veronica wants to host her for like a cheer up thing this weekend mm -hmm. um and she says that Kevin will also be at the cheer up thing so then after this Kevin pulls her aside and is like what the fuck was that <laughs> which Kevin you were in that class it's like the least sympathetic person she's like wait why are we helping her like who the fuck is this and <laughs> like, veronica explains that because she bullied this other girl at her old school really hard she said she terrorized her and one of the things she says god such a good quote one time we made her drink gutter water Why? I think it's also important to note that it's not just Veronica. It's Veronica and Katie Keene. This is the first Katie Keene reference <laughs> as this I, like, terrorist of their school. <laughs> I noticed that. She's like, me and my best friend Katie. I'm like, did they, were they setting this up? Okay, anyway. I was like, really? All the way back then? <laughs> <laughs> I do want to know more about the gutter water story because like, isn't the point of gutters is that it like does not stay in the gutter, right? It like 
it brings it down back to the ground so it wasn't like the puddle that accumulates at the bottom of you know where the gutter disperses the water out I hope everyone understands what I'm saying like in the actual ground and they made her drink water out of the ground or like how did they get to a gutter okay so because it's New York I was thinking like a street gutter so like the edge of the street where like oh, the water will then run which is even worse I didn't even think these were New York City gutters like yeah these are New York City gutters like this is actively like it is a miracle that that girl is still alive believe it or not that was the origin of COVID-19 <laughs> Uh. (laughs) so anyway because of all the terrorism in the gutter water the girl transferred schools and went into therapy and veronica still feels really bad for that so that means she has to be nice to ethel i guess yeah (laughs) veronica has a guilty conscience i think this is an important aspect of her character that is just now being established um uh, so then <laughs> Penelope, Mrs. Blossom, walks up to Archie in the hallway while he's drinking out of the water fountain and uh, like offers him a quid pro quo to go to the maple tapping with Cheryl and is like, listen, if you go with our daughter, I will get you into this like highly selective summer music program. Um, but you just you got to you got to be my daughter's date. She really needs it to happen. I'm just do it. You were nice to me once. And so I know you're a good person. And so I need you to date my daughter, um, is what happens there. Um, so yeah. She, she keeps calling him Archibald. And like, I guess that's Archie's legal name, but like, is it really like really? <laughs> Fred Andrews names a kid Archibald? Like, don't you think his legal name is Archie? <laughs> I no, I don't know. I've never thought about it. Um saying it in this episode and I was like no way Fred it was like Archibald yeah that's weird see my more disturbing takeaway was both a like Mrs. Blossom is black like kind of like not blackmailing because that's not the right term but like offering a quid pro quo to a teenager to date her daughter um which weird whatever uh but also is Penelope like trying in some way in like a weird twisted way to do a good thing for her daughter yeah, because what was that? Because don't they hate each other? Now, she does yes. say that the reason why she has, like, a soft spot for Archie is because what you were saying, like, the one nice thing is that he brought <laughs> her Jason's football jersey a couple episodes at his funeral. And, like, okay, that Archie did do a nice thing, and she was clearly touched by that moment. But why does that suddenly mean she wants to help Cheryl out? Doesn't she hate Cheryl? Like, wouldn't she be like, Archie, don't go with Cheryl? Yeah, I feel like she'd be like, Archie, Cheryl's like, you're far too good for my daughter. Do not go there. Um, But now, my only other thought is like, maybe she's doing it for like the business thing. But like, that's not also, that's also not super clear to me. So I don't, I think she might actually be trying to do a good thing, which is very unlike Penelope. So. Yeah, <laughs> the business thing comes up more like later, later that I think she's good, that he's good for like the overall image. But I don't get how they would know that because don't they think Archie's like a little poor boy from a poor family? Like, 
yeah, they're not pro Archie. Well, they're not, they're not like pro Archie being involved with their family at yeah. this point in time. I don't think. I so don't the know. whole the whole gang is discussing the situation. Um, <laughs> Joe K calls him my gigolo, which is fair because yeah. he kind of is just selling himself out to get into this music program, which I mean, I guess, like, I don't know. They really, I will say, they're not that, like, moralistic about it. Now, the, like, ending decision that Archie makes, I think, is seen as good. But they're not super, like, villainizing Archie for doing this. Like, I don't know. It's interesting. The different characters have different perspectives on, like, is this a good idea? Oh, yeah. It's treated as a more complex moral issue than Riverdale is typically treating things. So, I see what you mean. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, Cheryl, Archie does decide to go, basically, <laughs> and Val okays it. Um, Cheryl and Archie look very good in the snow. It's like snowing during the maple tapping, and all the characters are wearing red, because I guess that is like the entire Blossom <laughs> family is only allowed to wear red, I guess. I don't know what the dress code was. <laughs> Apparently it was um, red tie which is like the Blossom family version of black tie. But so, um, except not because Archie's in like a sweatshirt. That was but terrible. So, <laughs> um, so at the ceremony, or at the beginning of the ceremony, they're walking up to it. Cheryl does some exposition for us. Thank you, Cheryl. Um, and explains that the board of their company, trust, empire, not clear, um, is in town because they're afraid that Clifford is losing his grip on the company now that Jason has died and they like kind of sniff out an opportunity to take it away from um, their line of the Blossom family. So thank you, Cheryl, for letting us know the sitch in a fun way. Um, and then uh, we get to the actual ceremony and Clifford starts talking about the history of it. And I could not focus on a single word he was saying, except for like the actual words of what he was saying. Um, because he had like a Canadian accent in this scene and this scene only, and I didn't know what was happening. <laughs> I took it as like, oh, this is some lore that they're like Canadian. Like, I don't know. I just <laughs> ran with it. I'm like, okay, I guess because it's like maple industry. I don't I don't know. They came from Canada, maybe. I don't know. Let's let's go with it. I think Cheryl was Canadian. No, but they mentioned it's been over a hundred years if they were like originally oh, from Canada. I guess at, that's true. At some like at this point, they would not have that accent anymore. So I'm just like, what was what's happening there? New theory, new theory. That some of their family, because the family is Canadian, a lot of the trustees were coming from Canada. So he was like appealing to them and being like, We're still Canadian. <laughs> I don't think that's how that works. Okay. Anyways, um, so after the weird Canadian accent, <laughs> then Cheryl goes up there and does the tapping properly, and some really bad CGI maple sap comes out of the tree. <laughs> they did it. Good job. Um, that's a and triumphant sense. music plays like it's supposed to be a big triumph. I would like everyone to know. Yeah, she had to put like hammer a little spigot into a tree and Archie had to hold a bucket that was the that was the deal <laughs> and they were like Archie's like you did good job Cheryl I'm like he, he okay like, yeah she hit like, a hammer got this and then it worked and there was like triumphant music playing and it was like I don't I don't I don't 
I don't think the tension was where you guys thought it was. Yeah, but whatever. Um, Ethel is now at the lodges, and they're having a little brunch thing, and it's Betty, Veronica, Kevin, and Mrs. Lodge. Um, Ethel and the quiche is to die for. Oh, of course. Ethel's not eating it though because she's not <laughs> hungry. Because you know what, sad girls don't eat apparently, and she's like, "No, I'm just, I'm just." thinking about my parents I don't want to eat right now I'm like they really were like we need to get straight to the point with this one <laughs> so <laughs> they said Ethel, we got no time in this scene let's go Ethel goes into a monologue about like how the her dad had some bad luck with their savings and they might lose their house so this is like a very stressful time for her Veronica is the <laughs> most fucking Veronica she can ever be I I literally hate her character sometimes because she's like, we have more in common. Again, Ethel is saying her dad had bad luck with her savings and they're losing her house. She says, we have more in common than I thought. We lost our place at the Dakota when my dad went to jail. You are serving her brunch in this fancy apartment this girl is losing her house and her parents are fighting and she's like wow we have it just as bad as you yes i you're gonna become homeless but you know what i lost my apartment in the um upper west side apartment complex building thing um that famous people live in so who's the real victim here obviously it's me and that is veronica lodge um yeah yeah Hermione He's like I can't um, live where John Lennon was shot anymore the horror <laughs> Hermione is also feeling like quite the victim because Ethel says something that her last name is Muggs and Hermione clearly knows the Muggs last name and it's like Muggs and we don't know why yet but she knows something about the Muggses she's got um ideas popping in her head um so then archie is invited to join the family photo after the maple tapping um and then after that he asks polly real fast uh he like pulls polly aside and is like why aren't you responding to betty's texts and calls and emails and such but before polly can answer mrs blossom calls her over and polly just very quickly as she's walking away is like tell betty not to worry about it um i also would like to note that Polly's outfit here is kind of a sleigh. They are all kind of slaying in the scene. I'll, I will say that. The Blossoms might have flaws as people, but they do have great fashion sense. Slay. Um, we're back with the other plot line, and basically Hermione explains that Mr. Muggs will testify against Hiram because that's surprise how he lost all of his money and was betting on Hiram or doing a deal with Hiram or something. And they lost all of his money when Hiram went to jail. So he's going to testify against Hiram. And Veronica's like, yeah, he should. Like, his life was ruined because of this. <laughs> but but Hermione is still standing with her man until um, Veronica's like, does that mean Mr. Andrews could lose everything too because he's doing a deal with daddy? And she clearly puts on the pressure and makes Hermione start to question if what she's doing is right. Um, 
my takeaway from this scene was actually just is Veronica just now realizing that people were like harmed by her father's financial crimes because it really seems like it like it seems like she was like has not conceptualized that her dad's embezzlement caused people to like lose their life savings well has she even acknowledged that he is a criminal like (laughs) I think she's still in denial because she doesn't we haven't had her talking that much about Hiram other than the two things we've heard is like the first episode she says I stand by my father and then we hear that when Hermione was kind of messing with Hiram by doing the deal with Fred and like forging her signature and all that Veronica was really mad and was like you have to tell him that I didn't screw him over so she is still like trying to appeal to her father until this episode I think interesting she's dumb yes she is dumb that's that's the answer she is stupid um anyways so then um we cut back to the whole maple tapping ceremony and um they're walking back to the house and uh you hear some of the distant blossom family relatives start shit talking cheryl um and being like I think she's crazy did you see what she did at the funeral whatever and then Archie comes to her defense and is like listen she was going through a lot her brother died also she's one of the smartest people I know she's a 4.0 um don't underestimate her that's what I've learned by being in her class and it was pretty sweet it was sweet but can I just say during that whole monologue in defense Archie was like oh you like Jason because he was on the football team Cheryl was there at every game being like helping the Bulldogs win as much as anyone which like okay fair point but did they like Jason because he was on the football team like was that what fit to them like and that seems to be baseless like what does Archie know about this situation um clearly he knows a lot because he knows that he trusted Jason because he was on the football team because every single person knows that in the 1950s, being on the football team correlated with having strong leadership potential. That's very true. That's now that's a good point. Honestly, the Blossoms <laughs> probably do think that. So that was no, they definitely do. <laughs> that was Archie's uh, defense of Cheryl was that she's a cheerleader who also helped the football team win. Uh, yes, the River Vixens, the true heroes of the Bulldog football team. Um, so then Hermione starts talking, like, uh, meets up with Fred and reveals to him that she and Hiram are the anonymous buyers, and, um, Fred is rightfully, like, very pissed about this and is like, why didn't you tell me, uh, I never would have gotten involved with your shady-ass husband if I had known, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, she's like, we're trying to turn or I'm trying to turn Lodge Industries legit, so we need to partner with legit businesses like you. And Fred is like, oh, so that's why he sent, or that's why Clifford sent the thugs. I don't, he, he thinks he got the situation figured out and that Hiram and Clifford are fighting for the land, mm-hmm. which is true. But then Hermione also has to reveal that Hiram actually sent the thugs to his own project because they were sleeping together and he found out about it and Fred is even more pissed after that. (laughs) Yeah, Hermione just kind of had to expose herself in that moment. 
Um, and it was a little uncomfortable and Fred was pissed, which he should have been. Um, so then Clifford talks to Archie and um, he invites, uh, he and Cheryl like invite Archie to a fancy ball that they're going to be hosting and Archie's like, um, I don't know. I have a girlfriend. Like I was doing this as a solid, but like, I don't, I don't think it, I don't think it'd be right. I don't think I'm the right person for that. And they like try to guilt him into it. And eventually Cheryl just says, we won't accept no for an answer. <laughs> it's like, damn. Also, yeah. Cheryl calls Archie, Archie Kins in this Veronica, your man. I know it's not even Veronica's man right now, but Veronica, your man is being Archiekins. The way by Cheryl, Cheryl Blossom. The way that Cheryl already knows that Veronica and Archie are gonna be together, and that this is the way to get Archie is by pretending to be Veronica. Essentially, is just I'm, her power. The parallel between this episode and like season two immense and oh yes it definitely sets up I mean this is actually an interesting episode for Archie because he actually has to deal with a moral dilemma and for once is not just immediately like I'm gonna do the right thing <laughs> like he's actually <laughs> conflicted about it so it's kind of interesting um for once he's not just like what's the most morally simplistic thing I can do let's do that Let's not deal um, with any form of nuance. I also want to add that Clifford said that he'll get Archie fit with a suit for the banquet. Mm. And Archie's like, I didn't think you'd want someone like me, just a little poor boy from a poor family, like to have a suit. And Clifford is like, you know, you're good people. I feel like there's I like weird like racial coding between their relationship am I the only one who's thinking that like I don't know if it's necessarily like a racial but I I, I understand like the the dynamic is off because Clifford <laughs> is clearly thinking like wow I'm a great guy for like inviting this kid into my house like it's very much like you don't deserve to be here and I am so generous. I'm even gonna, I'm gonna get you a suit because of course you have nothing to wear to this fancy banquet that I'm like generously inviting you to. Like that's the dynamic. Yeah, I think that's, it's like weird because like Archie has a nice house. Like it's not like he's Jughead who's literally homeless and like <laughs> moving around like Archie is in like a fine, fine, like he's just like, a standard middle class, lower middle class, maybe at the worst, um, a household, and they're like treating him like he's literally less than. Like I don't. That's why I think I read it as weird because it's like just downgrading his position in society based off of nothing. We need to have some answers on why, like, his mom is not paying child support. <laughs> a lawyer in Chicago like she literally did just leave this family and then well I guess if they're not legally divorced it wouldn't be child support mm -hmm. but you would think that Molly Ringwalls would be sending <laughs> checks to Fred like aren't you supposed to be trying to be a good mom like she clearly is not supporting this family listen at this point we don't know anything about her except for that she's no longer with Fred um and we don't, we don't know, know that she's Molly Ringwald even. Yeah. 
<laughs> we don't know what she's doing where she is we know nothing for all we know she's living next door it's alice cooper who knows oh. um but it's not it's not alice cooper <laughs> okay back back to the plot um <laughs> betty is telling alice that or betty and archie are telling alice that holly doesn't want to come back home because archie talked to her and betty does not believe it she's like no Polly has some reason for being there and Alice still wants to write the story slandering the blossoms because she's like Polly betrayed us like fuck her like let's just screw over the blossoms even if that like would risk Polly's life possibly yeah it's unclear what the they think the consequences of this might be um yeah not a good move by Alice and then Alice is like Archie, it's a good thing you're going back. You can be our informant on uh, the breakdown of the Blossom Empire. <laughs> and then again, like, let's send this other kid back into this dangerous, like, <laughs> family that you think is so terrible. Let's get Archie in there to get you some information. Like, it's our children. Even Polly well, is 17. To be fair, it's well established that Alice truly could not care if Archie lives or dies. So I don't think she truly is giving it that much thought. That's true. Anyways, Um, so then Betty confronts Cheryl in the hallway in which she tells the vixens to scatter. And um, uh, so then Cheryl is like, oh my God, have you heard the good news? Um, the doctor confirmed it this morning. Polly's having twins. Bless the blossom blood is, I think, what she says. Can we just be happy that Polly has officially saw a doctor? Like, I'm so happy about that. Finally, she is getting prenatal care after, like, at, she's at least six months pregnant at this point. They're, like, based on how pregnant she is. And, uh, okay. Anyways, um... <laughs> Um, so then Betty is like, hey, can you just tell Polly to call her mom? Like, mom is upset and she just wants to hear from Polly. And so then Cheryl says, I'll pass a message along if I remember. And Jughead is like, Cheryl. And then Cheryl responds, that was a joke, you hobo, which was iconic. <laughs> that is a classic line. I mean, <laughs> it is so offensive, but because it's directed at Jughead, I'm like, eh fair if she called anyone else a hobo i'd be like that's that's messed up that since he's literally homeless but also which dog head so i don't care um <laughs> veronica is back to trying it clearly feels so bad about the whole situation with ethel she's just being insane she laid out like all of these luxury like jewelry clothes all of this stuff and is like, Ethel, I was cleaning out my closet and you would look so good in this, like, and just gives it to her or tries to give it to her. And of course, Ethel is like, no, I can't take all of this stuff. And it is just so transparent that she's feeling so guilty because all the stuff was gifts from her dad. So she like wants to give it to Ethel to, I guess, like make up for it. But it's like, Veronica, no, that's, that's not going to work. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then Ethel is like, I just need a friend. You don't need to give me anything. I just need a friend. 
Anyways, uh-huh. so then uh, it was really cute. Um, and then Cheryl arrives at the Andrews's and she knocks and Fred opens the door and she says, Mr. Andrew, nice haircut. Looking extremely dilfy today. <laughs> I, I this, this is one of those lines where people are like, Riverdale, is this a joke? Like, and to me, Riverdale is a joke, so I love it. But this, <laughs> I think this is one of the lines where people are like, what the actual and also how are they allowed to say dill on the cw like it doesn't have implications that are not cw appropriate she is like 15 she's saying this to her friend's dad to be fair he is looking extremely extremely dilfy to be fair he was but like oh my god there's just there was so many implications i don't I don't so understand bad. how that got past the censors, but she it did, in. and I am so glad that it did, because that, it was, I had to pause, because I was laughing so hard. <laughs> she walks in, and Jughead says, the ice woman cometh, and he's clearly not feeling this whole dynamic. Cheryl gives Archie this brand new red guitar, because of course she is buying his love. Fred is fucking done, or Cheryl leaves and says, my claustrophobia acts up in small houses, (laughs) and that's why she leaves, which, God, Cheryl, the woman that you are, and Fred is like, you need to give it back, they are using you, and Archie basically is like, yep, and I'm good with being used. (laughs) Archie was so real for that one, he was like, yeah, they can use me because I'm also getting something out of it. Like, I don't, Fred, I don't understand your point. We're using each other. That's that's how this relationship works. That's how you get ahead of the music industry. And like, you know, point for me. Um, I guess I don't know anything about getting ahead of the music industry. Um, and then so Alice, uh, we then cut to a scene and Alice is uh, taught, giving Hal the expose at the Riverdale Register and also informs him that Polly is now living with the Blossoms, um, to which Hal does not seem pressed. <laughs> he's just like, OK. Um, and then uh, he's like, I'm not publishing this. Like, that's insane. And then she's like, well, good thing you don't need to. And she tries to log in and they reveal that he changed the password because apparently there's one password for the entire Riverdale Register to publish anything. You just need to you just need to know the one password. <laughs> um, and then uh, she's like, did you change the password? And he's like, yes. And so then he fires her and kicks her out or uh, fires Alice for kicking her him out of the home so much was happening in this scene and it was like 30 seconds long um and then they go outside and alice is pissed and so she picks up a rock and throws it through the riverdale register uh window screaming and calling her husband a bastard just icon behavior so much she says, I want my daughter back, you bastard. <laughs> Throws a rock through the door. She is, she's, she's a lot like, in this moment, but honestly, I'm like, okay, girl boss. Like, Hal is so insufferable that I'm like, yeah, I'm supporting Alice over Hal because Alice well, stayed and wanted Polly. And Hal, first of all, how is any of this legal? If Alice is like an employee of this institution, like she has rights. 
you can't just like lock her out immediately like i guess even if she's fired doesn't she still like get some pay or leave or something like i don't know they're kind of like they they like a severance package well isn't it like their owners i don't understand how she's fired unless they're like hal owns it and she's an employee which is like weird dynamic for your relationship as a married couple i don't I don't truly understand the, the legality of all that is. And I don't think the Riverdale writers really thought about it. Um, but Alice was truly doing a girl boss slay in this scene. Actually, this entire, kind of this entire episode, Alice, Alice is girl boss slaying. Okay. Um, Maybe. <laughs> um, Archie is back with uh, the Blossoms and they're at the Taylors. And Archie says to Mr. Blossom, basically hey instead of you helping me out with my music what if you help my dad instead um basically by help her his dad I think they just mean stop trying to stop the project from happening like that's not help he's just gonna be stop stopping like the imminent threats to the project I I don't even think that's what it is I think it's like I think it's literally like Clifford will hire him or something I don't I don't really know I don't think that's what it is because what other or like give him a loan or something because there was no implication of I'm gonna stop trying to get this land back that I need in order to like maintain my stake in the business that I run yeah well Clifford is just playing like he's not actually gonna fucking do this because he's a snake but Archie is like trying to be good and appeal to his father they're and be, just like less selfish about receiving like unwarranted yeah. gifts i guess but um I don't there's get... just absolutely no implication on what archie actually wanted clifford to do to help his dad just like the statement i think in order to soothe his conscience of getting something out of this and his dad being like that's kind of messed up he was like why don't you help my dad instead yeah, um, Archie needs to work on his negotiation because this was not effective. I don't think Clifford is uh, going to actually help his dad. So not great. Anyways, but so Clifford is like, um, well, so the word was already placed in at the music place. So nothing we can do about that. But I'm really impressed uh, by how you're willing to give up like your own interest to help your dad. I don't think Jason would have done that. So um uh i'll like let's negotiate later on what i'll do to help your dad and it was just like weird unnecessary shade thrown at his dead son literally the definition of catching stray bullets like jesus has (laughs) nothing to do with this and he's literally dead dad's like jason when isn't as good of a son as archie is and more jason archie comparisons because of course they're the only two men in this universe, don't you know that? Um, and so, uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, then we get a scene of Betty ranting to Jughead, in which she says that Polly is like a character in Jane Eyre, which I found humorous. <laughs> okay. I don't know. It was just like a random reference. I this was so boring of a scene because Betty and Jughead together are so boring. That is my number one criticism of them as a couple. It's not even anything they do. It is so boring that I, because, okay, this is the scene. Betty's freaking out to Jughead. Jughead is super comforting and is like, Betty, no, your family's not going to fall apart. You're the one holding it together. Like, you're so important. It's like, 
where is the drama in that? Like, not these healthy relationship dynamics. <laughs> like, I'm so bored. I was so bored. <laughs> no, I think that's the thing, is that, like, they have a weirdly healthy relationship in which, like, Jughead is actually a supporting boyfriend, but also kind of a piece of shit. And somehow he does a balancing act where he does both at the same time. <laughs> and I don't understand. And their uh, relationship is very boring because of that. Anyways, um, so I, yeah, that's literally all I had written down for this scene. was she compares them to Jane Eyre and Jughead is supportive. <laughs> It's boring. Uh, she, what's not boring is that Cheryl goes up to Val and is basically like, yeah, I'm going to steal your man. We don't even get to see the conversation they had, but I like to think like Val fought back and she's really bad. And she's like, Archie, Cheryl is trying to steal you from me. Like you're being dumb. But I said, Archie's a proud nepotism baby because he's like, well, I'm doing this for my music. And like you would do it for your music and she's like no I wouldn't that's not like earning your spot and he's like well I'm gonna do it on the one hand I'm I don't know I was a little conflicted on this scene because on the one hand I'm like Val do we need to have a conversation about being a little too idealistic here <laughs> like there's there's ways that the world works and you just kind of have to work within those systems um even if those systems are unjust if you want to get ahead in the world However, also, Archie is being a little shit. So, like, I don't... Anyway, um, back to a super depressing thing. Um, Kevin comes in and is, oh. like, weirdly too excited to tell Veronica this. She's like, oh, my God. Like, guess what? There was a suicide attempt. I don't know. He's very vague about it. And she thinks that Ethel maybe attempted suicide, but it was Ethel's dad that attempted to suicide. But he's going to be fine um veronica is pissed she runs away crying she rips she's like in a, the bathroom or the locker room or something and she rips her pearl necklace right of her neck the pearls fly everywhere she's on the ground crying betty comes over to comfort her it is so dramatic oh my gosh camila mendez did, did the most this episode she really did. It was a very traumatic scene. Um, also, <laughs> this is entirely not the point of the scene, but Veronica looked really good. <laughs> I literally said the same thing. <laughs> I was like, I know she's like insanely like having a mental breakdown right now, but that dress makes her boobs look so good. Like, so good. <laughs> it was like a pink like with kind of a plaid pattern going like on dress like a, it was like a reddish tartan yeah. like dress and it had like a v neckline that just like really accentuated her boobs and it looked great it looked great um heard really well with the pearls that she snaps in a few minutes um and yeah she was slang during her mental breakdown and that's all i had to say <laughs> yeah so we're back at, or we're at the banquet and Cheryl is talking about how they're like having dinner and Cheryl's talking about how the trustees and even her parents actually want her to fail um, because they're snakes, I guess. Basically, they don't trust her um, to run the empire. So they're kind of hoping she does something to mess it up so they have an excuse to like not give it to her. Um, 
Clifford Blossom says that he will help Fred, um, but we, again, don't get specifics. Um, and he's basically like, Archie, you temper Cheryl's kind of craziness. So you're a good part or like a good, good for the image of the empire, um, which also, aren't these people, don't these people hate Archie? Like I have so many questions. Don't these people hate Archie? Don't they think he's just like, like blue collar trash? Why does the high school boyfriend of the future like empire owner really matter? That's what I want to know. Like, okay. So I know they're like, Cheryl is crazy and emotional or whatever but like she's literally a high school sophomore whose twin brother just died like I feel like if you give it a few years let her go to Wharton and like experience life a little bit and then come back with her MBA like she'll have tempered and it's like fine for her to take over the business at that point like I feel like you're not trying to decide who's yeah, gonna control the business straight up this a isn't... 15 year old girl like I don't want her in charge of my business either but either. like give it 10 years it's like they're doing succession, but instead of having them all be like full ass adults, they're doing it with teenagers. It's what this episode is. It's in this is why I love it. Um, but so <laughs> they're like, you need Archie. Clifford is like, Archie, you need to date Cheryl for the appearance of it all. You don't actually need to date her. Like, it's fine. She's psycho. I wouldn't want to date her either, but um, it looks good. So I need you to at least pretend um, so that I can keep my company, which is like, <laughs> just insane you know just a typical tuesday in riverdale uh cheryl <laughs> looks so good she's wearing like this long floor length green dress again accentuates her boobs and she's like a sparkly thick uh choker yeah. very good look. i also wrote this one down it's a great look um then polly pulls archie aside and it's like can i have the first dance with archie um, and uh, they dance for a bit, and she tells him to stop, tell Betty to stop asking Cheryl about her. Um, and then Archie's like, she won't do that because she wants to know you're okay. She's like, I'm fine. Also, I came to Thornhill because the Blossoms had something to do with Jason's death. Um, and so in order to keep up appearances, I need Betty to stop asking Cheryl about this because like, I need them to not, not trust me. Yeah, true. Polly is being a girl boss, and Betty, it turns out, was right that Polly has ulterior motives staying with Blossom. So that's good. Um, Betty and Veronica are at the hospital visiting the Muggs family. They give them flowers, um, and they start just, you know, they basically just say, We're sorry about like Ethel's dad. We're just her friends. Da, 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 da. They start to walk away. Veronica, because now I want to hear your thoughts on like what Veronica did to me this is like two it's like one of those things when someone is feeling guilty and they make the other person feel more bad about it by like giving additional context to the explanation instead of being like wow they're literally dealing with like a family member's suicide attempt I should probably not give them additional pain to deal with right now but she explains to Ethel and her mom that like the reason they lost the money is because of her dad. The mom already knew that as soon as she hears Veronica Lodge, she like knows that that's how they lost their money. So she immediately hates her. Ethel is like, I thought we were just friends. And she's like, 
no, like my dad did do this to your dad. And Veronica is clearly very conflicted, but I was like, you gotta just walk away. Like tell Ethel, tell Ethel next month. No, yeah, exactly. Um, Like on the one hand, it's like, yeah, it was kind of messed up for Mrs. Muggs to be like, this is all her fault because her dad did this like embezzlement stuff. But like Veronica is taking this family's pain and the dad's suicide attempt and making it about her. <laughs> She's like, this is actually about how I need to come to terms with the pain, the like pain my father has caused people. And it's like, no, Veronica, that's not the point of the moment. Go walk home with Betty and realize that when you two are just the two of you and not in front of this family that is dealing with this emotional, like intense emotional pain. Um, it was just yeah. Veronica being Veronica, honestly. That's Veronica kind of just how listen. she is. Yeah, she just, she makes every situation about herself. Um, in a way I enjoy watching, but I do not think I would enjoy being around. <laughs> <laughs> We're back um, at the banquet and, uh, Cheryl is, or Archie goes up to find Cheryl and Cheryl explains that, she, or she says that people hate her and that no one wants to see her succeed, all of this. And Archie says, I think you're awesome. <laughs> <laughs> the least comforting thing like imagine you have a crush on someone and you're literally like everyone hates me and my own family doesn't want me to succeed and they're like well I think you're you're pretty cool so it's it so reminded me of in a very early episode of how I met your mother there's a joke about how Ted broke up with his ex over the phone on her birthday but that she didn't answer so he just left her a voicemail and in the voicemail it's like very so then it's revealed later in the episode that it was a surprise birthday party so everyone was in this girl's apartment and could hear the voicemail because it's like 2005 being said and over the phone he goes I like had a great time going out with you but like I just don't know that I'm looking for a commitment or anything but you're awesome that's and he just keeps saying, energy. but you're awesome after everything, where he's like, I don't want to date you for this reason, but you're awesome. <laughs> it was the exact same energy. Yeah, because uh, Cheryl then tries to kiss him, and Archie rejects her, even though she's awesome. And I just <laughs> wrote down, Archie has, like, very prominent lipstick on his face, and it looks so funny but he like runs away because he doesn't want to lead uh, Cheryl on well, I guess before he runs away though he's like so Cheryl kisses him and he's like clearly not into it and her response to this is by saying my lipstick is maple red by the way in case you're wondering why it tastes so sweet <laughs> and Ew. then he runs away <laughs> that's probably what made him run away <laughs> I can't deal with this maple he was like ready to have a conversation with her about boundaries and then she said that but he was like I gotta go sorry I can't do this today <laughs> he skirts on out of there conveniently overhears which like come on Riverdale's writer's room he hears the blossoms that are just I guess hanging out outside too because why not talking loudly about how they are the ones that sent Hiram to jail and that they want the land so he gets two important pieces of information just via like 
being at the banquet, I guess. It's very convenient for him. He got all the information because Cheryl tried to kiss him and he wasn't into it. And I think that's an important lesson. Um, on what? I don't know. <laughs> uh, so then Veronica comes home from the hospital and Hermione's like, how was your night? And Veronica explains to her what happened and says that she's done lying for Hiram. So Veronica's decided to turn a new leaf and accept the pain and like consequences of her dad's crimes, which I guess she's now decided he actually did commit um, over the course of this episode and uh, is done lying for him. Good for her. Um, Archie Gross. wants to leave the banquet because he's done. Um, Cheryl and Clifford are both there. Cheryl is like runs after Archie and they're both basically like, you want to give this up? Like the music scholarship or the music opportunity, the helping the dad, all of this. And Cheryl is like, wow, you do want things, not from me, but from my family, just like everyone else. Because Archie is a snake and Archie leaves. So he is done being a nepotism baby. Yeah. Um, so then Betty um, is telling Alice what Archie told her off screen somewhere about what Polly told him. So, you know, chain of telling. Um, and Alice starts crying. And at first I was like, what is this reaction? And then it's like big emotional catharsis because she's relieved. Um, wasn't super well conveyed, but whatever. Um, and then they're talking about it. And uh, Jughead invites Alice to come right at the blue and gold, which is the school newspaper, and says, you know, our budget is probably bigger than the registers anyway. <laughs> The truth, the truth about newspapers in America was revealed. That was a good line. But like, is is this allowed? Like, I'm no. sorry. Can I, grown <laughs> I don't even know why I asked. Of course it wouldn't be allowed like in the normal high school for like an actual journalist to just write for the school newspaper. That would not be fair to like the 14 year olds on staff. At most she could be like, an outside faculty advisor or whatever but like she's not writing whatever whatever the paper has two people on it and it's Betty and Jughead so who's enforcing a journalistic ethics here no one Absolutely um no one. <laughs> so then Archie runs into Val on the walk to school and he's like you know what you were right they were trying to buy me and I shouldn't have been like into that and she is like I'm glad you learned something, but I'm done with you. <laughs> You're a shitty boyfriend and I'm done. And so then he's like, wait, Val, can't, is there like anything I can do? And she says, sorry, Archie, but unlike you, I can't be bought. Slay. She tore him to pieces. I said, you read him for Bill. <laughs> oh, it was, it was something. Val is a queen. We, don't see much of her after this, I imagine. But she came, she slayed. She's better than Archie. We, we didn't see her when they were dating. <laughs> True. <laughs> <laughs> so bye now. Like the writers were like, oh, we've spent like four episodes and they haven't done anything together. I feel like Archie might have been a shitty boyfriend. Maybe they should break up. 
<laughs> and that's why this happened. It's very fair. Um, after that, uh, Fred is talking to Hermione and he agrees to stay on the project if they do it 100% legally. Um, to which I said, you literally just lied to the police about Jughead. <laughs> like, remember when you gave Jughead a false alibi? Remember when you forged time cards? <laughs> yeah, 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 okay, whatever. I mean, I support, okay, but basically, that's a little hypocritical. But he wants a 20% stake in the venture because if he's going to be involved, he wants to be in on it and he also says that him and Hermione are done and that you know probably probably a good call especially if uh the husband of the woman you're having an affair with is sending thugs to beat up your teenage son probably time to call it off Fred (laughs) might be time to end it um so then veronica goes to talk to ethel at school because girly cannot not make a situation about herself and um so (laughs) she um says she meant what she said at the hospital and she really is sorry and um uh then ethel's like i know it's not your fault i still want friends so i guess this seems open um so ethel is truly just like a saint yeah she literally says i don't blame you and they sit together in class and it's very nice so here we go veronica and ethel are friends now which also does this school not have assigned seating this is not that important but like i feel like in my high school most classes you like if you weren't like necessarily assigned a seat like on the first day or whatever but once like you sat down on that day like the teacher made a seating chart and that was your seat so it was very class dependent I had assigned seats in some classes but some I didn't but yeah people tended to sit in the same spots just because they sat with their friends if it wasn't assigned seating but I don't know maybe they're just allowed to mix it up maybe also it just reminded me of the fact that like obviously in college we don't have assigned seats but like everyone sat in the same seat every day especially in smaller classes and it reminded me of when you would walk into class on like two weeks in and someone would be sitting in your seat and you're like bitch that's my seat what the fuck are you doing um and Veronica definitely did that to someone I would do that in lecture halls with like 300 students. Like I oh, would same. choose my assigned seat. And if someone sat there, I'd be like, wow, wow. You're doing this to me in this giant auditorium. <laughs> rude as fuck. See, I didn't have that many super large classes because at my school, only three percent of classes have a hundred students in mine. Um, but so, <laughs> um, in those large classes though like I picked a seat and that was my seat and if people walked in you'd be like that bitch is in my seat and yeah it was a whole thing um anyways so then (laughs) tangent aside (laughs) um uh in the closing narration Archie reveals um or Archie then tells uh the Betty and Jughead that um, Clifford got Hiram sent to jail, and from this new piece of information, they used their super great detective skills to figure out that Hiram now has a motive to murder Jason, and so he becomes their number one suspect because 
that's all they're working off of. And um, these great detectives. And then um, at the very end, they say that there's no wrath like Cheryl's essentially. And Cheryl is scratching out Archie's picture, or Archie's face in the family photo. And also Polly's. <sighs> No, with the Cheryl no. Is Polly in danger? More questions that will be answered next episode on Cheryl's bitches. <laughs> Riverdale writers love a cliffhanger. Yeah, they they have to do one every episode. Um, what was your favorite bit of the episode? Um, so not gonna lie, I think it's Veronica's mental breakdown outfit. <laughs> I had the same one. Yay! Is that the first time we had the same one? Yeah, I think that is the first time we've ever had the same one. Do we have the same quote? Um, yeah, probably. Is it? I don't think we do, because mine is one time we, we made her drink gutter water. <laughs> oh, no, that is not mine. Because mine is Mr. Andrew's nice haircut looking extremely dilfy today. <laughs> image of someone laughing at gutter water was just burned <laughs> which is unfortunate mine is the fact that i probably made my landlords rather concerned because i screamed at that line <laughs> you're gonna say you said that to your landlord <laughs> no that would be concerning should i text that to my boyfriend though your what? My boyfriend. Oh, oh, no, because he's not a dill. No, he's not a dill. <laughs> um, he'd just be like, what the fuck? <laughs> that would be fair. Um, um is he gonna come on the podcast? Maybe. Listen, Nora, wanna come on the podcast? So we need a particularly insane episode and then we make them watch it with no context. Um uh my friend sarah wants also to come on the podcast and i she once talked to me and told me what episode was the like where she'd left off on riverdale and i needed to ask her again because i think that is either that episode or the episode after is the episode where we're gonna have her be a guest on it that'd be good um what character should we do for kinsey scale today i feel like we've done all the most important characters should we do a clifford blossom Sure. I have not thought about this, but okay. He's in the episode a lot. Um, this is like the only episode he's in a lot. So yeah, yeah we like gotta do one. him now. Okay, um, do you have one? Yeah, I do. One, two, three. Okay. <laughs> I said, okay, so we're doing Kimsey Scale, which is the heterosexuality to homosexuality scale with zero being strictly heterosexual six being strictly homosexual for clifford blossom i said one evan for some reason said three <laughs> i would love to hear why um can i tell you my reasoning and it is very stupid yes because he's it's Canadian. Exclusively because Clifford Blossom's hat is really fruity. <laughs> Just ugly. Come on, don't put that on the gays. That, that was ugly. <laughs> you need to post this on our social media, uh, gay or not, with just a picture of his hat. 
<laughs> I will. I will send. I'll find a picture of his hat and tweet it. <laughs> okay, I said one because he doesn't really give me anything. Like he's not zero. Like he doesn't give me like I would never energy. But it's kind of just like okay. Like he. I think he's more about his business than anything else. Like I don't think he has any secret, any secrets like that. So I'd say he's a one. Fair enough. Um, I think this man has lots of secrets, uh, but um, he's also just like super fucking weird. I don't know. Um, that makes you gay. Yes, obviously, because I'm homophobic. No. Um, but so. I think it's like a weird something about something about his like lack of interest in his life. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Fair enough. He's a little fruity. That's all. He's I'm a saying. little obsessed with Archie. He's a little obsessed with Archie. He's a little, a little not into his wife at all. Um, a little bit too in love with his son, maybe. Um, and now that was I don't know what was going on there. Um, and that's not true. That was not a true statement. Uh, I was gonna go there. <laughs> I drew the line at Archie, who's 15, by the way. Anyways, okay, it's, it's the hat and the lack of interest in his life. I think that's what did it for me. And I said, mm. no, okay, so here's the thing. It's ugly, but I can also see a bi person, like bi men would wear that hat. I guess. I, I don't know. We'll have to let Twitter decide on this one. I'm not feeling the urge to defend my answer, but I also am not going to give into your answer. So that's where we'll leave it. Um, everyone have a good night. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for joining us. You can... Uh reach out to us let us know what your thoughts are on the episode we'd love to hear from you um hear what your favorite iconic fits of the episode or your favorite quotes of the episode are you can reach out to us at um cheryl's b words at gmail.com or you can tweet at us at cheryl's bitches or find us on instagram at cheryl's bitches and tiktok at cheryl's bitches as well so um that is cheryl's b words at gmail.com if you want to send us an email and cheryl's bitches on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Check us out, please.